Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are merely role players, where theatrical people play role playing games. I'm Matt Boothman, and I'm your compare for this main house production. Here on Merely Role Players, we improvise stories to entertain you and to entertain ourselves, because where'd be the fun otherwise? And we use role playing games to keep the story going places even we can't see coming, because as theatrical people, We're all about maximising the drama. This is Act 1 of Vigil, Fear Itself, one of our main house productions. The main house is where we stage ongoing, serial stories, with characters and plots that develop and unfold over several productions. Vigil is the story of the outsiders and weirdos who step up to defend their neighbours from monsters and worse, after the government cuts their town's official team of paranormal investigators. To tell this story, we're playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat. Fear itself is the ninth of our Vigil productions in the main house. You don't need to have caught up on the first eight to enjoy Fear itself, but they do share a setting, characters, and a few ongoing plot threads. So if the backstory we hint at in this production gets you wanting more, I'd suggest going back and checking out Vigil Quarry and Vigil All Aboard. Or scroll all the way back to Vigil Playtime and follow the whole tale from the beginning. Starting from now, we'll be releasing a new act of Fear Itself every other week, And to keep you going through the weeks in between, sometimes we release backstage episodes that give you a peek behind the scenes. Stay tuned for the first one of those next week. In the meantime, please take your seats in the main house. Tonight's production is about to begin. Vigil, a merely role player's main house production. Fear itself, Act One of Five. Let's meet the players for this main house production. Hello, I'm Chris Starkey, and I'm playing Cameron Jarvis, The Wronged. Uh, about 14, 15 years ago, my family were killed by ghouls. And now I'm out for revenge. Hello, I'm Ellen, and I'm playing Jess Butterworth, The Spooky. She is the local goth in Sheridan. Until recently, in the, the last episode you'd have heard me in, uh, which was All Aboard, my brother had been missing. Um, and I have an invisible friend, <laughs> spirit um, companion, yeah. um, called Kit, who uh, helps and advises me in my magic. Such great advice, always. <laughs> so good. Uh, hello, my name is Alexander Pankhurst. I'm playing Graham, the summoned. Uh, Graham's 
been summoned. Uh, he doesn't know why. So he's just walking around Sheridan, trying to figure out what humans do and how things behave. He's a demonic accountant, because, you know, they, they have to exist. And, uh, yeah, I think the last time you saw Graham would have been in Bad Dog. It's been quite a long yeah. time since we've seen Graham. Yeah, Graham's been quiet around the back of Subway. <laughs> in the also, I thought you were summoned because uh, Ginny Greenteeth had the hots for you. Oh, oh yeah. maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she definitely does have the hots for me. Um, and it is reciprocal, so, oh, you know. That's cute. Graham's got the hots for Ginny. Disgusting. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Mossy squiddy love. <laughs> you just want people to be happy. <laughs> Apart from Cameron, who hates everyone. <laughs> Look, this is a body positive podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. More tentacles, the better. <laughs> so, m- m- almost no one. <laughs> Uh, how's everyone feeling? It's been, a, a, like we say, a long time since Graham's been in uh, Vigil, although we've seen Alex uh, possibly more recently, I'm not sure. Yeah, Monumental Exit. Monumental Exit. Oh, I think it was the, the last one. Um, and it's not been all that long since Jess was in Vigil, but mm. Ellen, it's been a long time since you've been physically around a table yeah, with I'm us. with other people again. Not since the Blackshaw saga. Crazy. Yeah, no, it's lovely. It's lovely. I'm slightly overwhelmed and a bit clammy, but um, <laughs> it's going to be good. It's going to be good. <laughs> I feel like this is a group where we ha- are cutting the brake cables before we even start rolling. <laughs> Cameron is driven purely by rage. <laughs> Jess has no impulse control as a mechanic of her playbook. And Graham has previous for absolutely wrecking up the village green and throwing things. (laughs) And also the fact that Graham is often just kind of happy to go along with what everybody else is doing. So given that the other two characters are driven by dark desires, (laughs) that, like... There isn't really an adult in the room here, is there? There's no nope. Briar or Ginny to hold Cameron back this time. No Gwen to go, I shouldn't be doing that. You've got to fight for the right reasons. Bullshit! We fight for my reasons. It's also worth noting that uh, we're trying out doing a few of these visual recordings with only three player characters. So it'll be interesting mm. to see how that changes. It might be that we get a little more time for each character in the spotlight to sort of focus on what they're doing, what, what their desires and their inner, inner life is like mm-hmm. and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So we'll see how that goes. Mm. I was going to say it might be easier to make decisions with less people, but I don't feel like we're, our characters are very like, hmm, what should we do? What's the best course of action? <laughs> is it ever hard for Jess to make a decision yep. when, when Kit knows what they want? <laughs> yep. We're basically all the dogs from up going, squirrel! (laughs) (laughs) Go! Yes, yes, yes. Go! Well, let's play to find out what happens. Let's take the stage. Jess Butterworth, let's start with you. Great. You and your spiritual companion, Kit, once a mortal, spirited away to fairyland uh, at a young age made their way back to the mortal world long after their original mortal lifespan would have ended and therefore is untethered, incorporeal, and has attached themselves to you. Mm. The relationship between the two of you has been a little bit tense since All Aboard, let's say. Oh yeah. Jess, I think, has been reading up a lot about uh, creating healthy boundaries (laughs) and been at the library uh, and checked out quite a few books on mindfulness and is desperately trying to... Because for Jess, Kit is her one source of magic. 
but she is real pissed off with him. So as and when he does come back, it has to be on her terms. So um, yeah, yeah, she's got okay. some mantras. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Where is Jess? Kit is the one to make the approach back to Jess. Okay. Where are you when this happens? I think I am sitting on the grass by the duck pond, sort of the other side of the pub. I'm keeping away from the... And I am awkwardly cross-legged um, in my skinny jeans and knee-high DMs, sitting and trying to meditate, trying really hard to meditate in the grass. So skinny jeans, DMs, any, anything else people would notice about Jess seeing her sitting on the village green? She's a bit try-hard. Uh, she's got the blunt bangs and the heavy eyeliner and too much jewellery, up wrists, round neck. As you're trying to meditate, it's, it's hard. It's not something you've tried much before. And so it's hard to concentrate and you do find yourself opening your eyes and sort of breaking out of that calm sense fairly regularly. And one of the times that you open your eyes, you see Kit approaching with that kind of hunched, round-shouldered shuffle of somebody who is heading for a meeting that they they really don't want to have. Mm-hmm. Kit originally was very uh, charismatic, sort of new romantic <laughs> style, androgynous, very charming. Um, uh, I think he's lost his jacket. Mm-hmm. I think he's jeans, t-shirt, and the perfect manicured hair is a mess, and the eyeliner is a little smudgy. Almost like... Kit is sort of the cool friend at school, but they're going through a rough patch and they're maybe like sleeping on a friend's sofa is the look. Exactly that, (laughs) yep. If there's anybody else around, they don't react to Kit at all. Kit is visible only to Jess. And Kit approaches and sits down, also cross-legged on the grass, hunched far forward, next to Jess, not looking at her. And after a pause says... I didn't come to say I'm sorry, all right? I would never expect you to lower yourself so far. Where have you been, Kit? Round and about. Thinking. Working out what to do. Because it seems like things are different now, right? Yeah, a little bit, Kit. A little bit different. You know, after everything that happened, I thought maybe you'd come find me that we'd have a conversation about it, that you'd explain yourself, but you just bloody disappeared. So I don't know what you want from me, but I've been living my own life for a while, you know? When did you get so fucking boring? Jess's eyes ping open and she flushes and she goes to look at him, but stops herself. You know what? I have always wanted to be better than this town. And, and you always told me that you were the way that I could prove myself. But you're just selfish, Kit. You're selfish and you're mean. So if you still want to be friends with me, then, then you're going to have to prove that you're not going to do the same things you did before. And that you actually give a, a fucking shit about me too. Blah, 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 blah. This, 
this used to be fun. You know, you used to be fun. We used to be fun. I'm starting to think maybe you were never fun. It was only ever me. Maybe this would all be better if it was just me. And you know what, Jess? I think everyone else might like you better if you were me. About your mum and dad. That relationship's been rocky, hasn't it? I'd be better. I'd be better at that too. Jess is gritting her teeth. She's trying not to acknowledge him. She's trying not to let anyone see. She's gonna to bolt to her feet. If you do anything to upset the friendships that I've been trying to heal since you last shat on them. I will never speak to you again. You have no power apart from through me, Kit. You're nothing, you're just, you're just a ghost. So bring it, you know, bring it. If you really think that, that you, can, you can take control of my life, that you, that you could ever form any kind of relationship with the people that I care about, then try it. Yeah, you know, I think your family and friends would love me, actually. You know, Sometimes when you're asleep, I take you out for a little walk around, chat with them. I've had some really good conversations, just over a, over a bottle of wine in the evening with your mum and dad. They laugh so much when I'm being you. You should just let me be you all the time. Your hand reaches out to your face. Ellen, if you want, this would be an appropriate point where you could roll to read a bad situation. Yes, please. I would really like to do that. <laughs> Which is a plus sharp roll. Yes, so, so plus one. Yes, yeah, so we roll two six-sided dice and add that. Oh, oh my oh, god! That was snake eyes! <laughs> so that's a, that's a three. <laughs> I'm in danger! Jess, you've bolted to your feet. You left Kit sitting on the... sitting cross-legged on the green and... You were deliberately sort of not looking at Kit while talking, and you feel hands on either side of your head. Kit is incorporeal, but they feel real to you. And the hands begin to squeeze. Just come with me now. I know what's best. Cameron Jarvis. Yeah, boy. There's a new kind of ghoul in Sheridan. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so ghouls are formed out of kind of irrational petty fears. We've met ghouls that inhabit hoodies and jeans forming out of the irrational fear of packs of feral youths on the high street. <laughs> the greater good. <laughs> uh, you're aware of ghouls that like inhabit animal skins that are kind of feeding off the, the fear of secret government GM laboratories out <laughs> in the woods and that kind of thing. You've been tracking a couple of ghouls that pack their smoke and shadow selves into shells of paper, paper printed all over with kind of garish headlines, unreadable text. Right. You've been tracking this one for... The better part of a day, okay. waiting for your opportunity to strike, maybe waiting to see if it can lead you to a, a full nest. Right. So that you can you can clear out an infestation rather than just one. Mm -hmm. And you followed it 
to the village green, where you see it standing behind Jess Butterworth with a papery hand on either side of her head. Holy smokes! Smoke and shadow leaking out of the eye holes and mouth hole that look like they've been punched roughly with scissors in its paper mask, leaking out of its mask and starting to writhe around Jess's head. You see tendrils of it breathed in through her mouth and nose. Ah, uh, well, there's only one, <laughs> only one course of action here, Matthew. I fucking well charged in. <laughs> Get off her right now, you fucker! And I got a swing. I believe this is going to be a protect someone move. Yeah, I'll oh. protect someone. I'll Which protect I think Jess. is a plus tough, right? Plus mm. tough. Actually, can I do something else just really, really quickly? For yeah. Me? Can I scan to see if there's any other ones mm-hmm. around the place? Roll plus sharp. Read a bad situation. Oh, God. Well, that's a four. So that's great. Yes, so I look around. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> You're pulled up short seeing this. Maybe the, the fact that this is attacking somebody that you know throws you for a second. Mm. You're on the edge of charging forward or be it taking a more cautious approach and mm-hmm. looking around. And a papery arm comes around your neck and you hear in your ear, Stay out of this. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, just flip the axe around and smack it in the face of the axe. <laughs> Great. Uh, roll to kick some ass. Yes, please. So this is going to be... As you flip the axe around and swing it back and the arm that is around your neck splits into sharp, papery uh, fronds and tendrils. Here we go. That is an 11. That's a bit more like it. That's more, Cameron. (laughs) So on a 10 plus on Kicks and Mass, you get some extra options. You're going to deal the damage of your axe. It's going to deal the damage of Mm -hmm. its paper-cutting claws. (laughs) Uh, I will... Actually, you know what? I might do the other thing, which I can force them where I want them to be. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm going to sort of aim for the arm and try mm-hmm. and cut the arm off. Amazing. Because I think I've got to get to Jess. I can deal this guy later on. I've got to get to Jess. You cleave all the way through this one that's got you. Completely obliterate it. Your axe is magic now. It and certainly can, is. And can cut through the actual substance of the ghoul, not just destroy its oh, shell. Oh, yes, it can. What does that look like as your your enchanted axe, enchanted with your own rage for revenge, yeah. your own need for blood, carves through the smoke and shadow of this ghoul's beard. I think, uh, whereas previously he'd done it, the smoke has sort of drifted away. Now there's like a piece of paper bursting into flame, sort of like, like a bit of flash paper. Mm. Just pss, and just vanishes. And a puff. We should establish, is anybody else around? What time of day is it? Hmm, if you're meditating, probably, I imagine you're under the, the shade of a tree. I think there's quite a few people around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm certainly not being, um, you know, uh, subtle. Subtle in any way. Incredible. Uh, okay, so yeah, people start getting up from their evening picnics and starting to make moves and see what's happening and, and panic. But you cleave through this ghoul, not before its claws rake across your neck, trying to cause paper cuts for two harm. <laughs> Didn't think so. Cameron's too well prepared for ghouls. Oh yeah, boy, they can't get me. And you force effectively the pack where you want them, i.e. getting rid of this one and clearing yourself a path to Jess. Yeah. Jess, far, far down in your consciousness, so quiet. You hear, mate, wake up, open your eyes, wake up. 
Kit. What are you doing to me, Kit? Mate, that's not me. What is it? Graham. Hi. Normally your uh, stomping grounds are like out the back of the Market Street where mm-hmm. the Greasy Spoon mm-hmm. uh, is and the Subway and mm-hmm. other kind of places with, with the good, good bins. Oh, such sweet bin material. The good mm. food bins. But need a change of scenery every now and then. Yeah. Do you want to pop out of one of the bins out the back of the pub mm-hmm. or one of the park bins around the Village Green? Oh, well, since you gave me that option, it's got to be park bin, um, like a demented tentacled squirrel. Um... So, Graham, you're getting a little bit of a change of scenery mm. and a bit of a cha- change of delicacy, mm-hmm. a little bit of an exploratory bin gourmand. Yeah, around I mean, Sheridan. variety of the spice of life. Trying out the bins around here. People are having picnics, so there's some food being thrown, mm-hmm. thrown away in these bins these days. When you detect a commotion Mm -hmm. the rumbling whispers of ghouls Mm -hmm. a blade ripping through paper (laughs) (laughs) and all of the shouting that Cameron has been doing and mostly all of Cameron's (laughs) shouting what do you do? Well, first and foremost... Um, Finish your mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> Never fight with a full mouth. <laughs> Could end up all over your lovely suit. Um, so Graham has got his hand right down to probably about shoulder level in, in, in a bin, and he's just having a rummage around. Upon hearing all of this commotion, his head snaps to exactly where it's coming from. He sees Cameron. He sees Jess. He slowly retrieves his hand from the bin, puts whatever is in his hand, slash tentacle, into a pocket, in air quotes, and um, saunters over to where the, all of the general chaos is, is occurring. To the normal people, they see a man, smartly dressed, waistcoat, sleeve garters, smartly pressed shirt, tie with a little tie clip, all very sort of well manicured, if you caught him out sort of the corner of, of their eye, they see something slightly shifty, slightly like writhy, and they're not really sure what that is. So they don't look. Um, but if you look at him dead on, he just looks like an incredibly well turned out man who's just been rummaging around in a bin. Um, completely normal. <laughs> the, uh, Nothing the, to see here. The sleeve that was buried in the mm-hmm. bin is completely spotless. Oh, completely spotless. There's nothing on. There's nothing on the sleeve whatsoever. Yeah. So Graham saunters across the green towards mm. this tree, uh, towards this commotion. Mm. You can see that there is a paper humanoid shell mm-hmm. leaking smoke and shadow that is threatening Jess. Mm-hmm. You can see Cameron walking towards that. If you'd like to see anything else, you could roll a bad situation. Oh, I'll, I'll absolutely try to, to see if I can see anything else. Great. Um, roll plus sharp for us. That's great, because uh, Graham is... Uh, Minus one on that, so I'm gonna take. I'm gonna use the dice tower. Yeah, I'm gonna use the. That's that's a that's a four. Um, so I was like, that's five. No, it's not. It's minus one. It's a it's a four. So that's a fail. As you're sauntering uh, up to this situation, out of the shadow mm-hmm. of another nearby tree, another papery creature slips out lightning fast and trips you kicks one of your legs out mm-hmm. from under you and attempts to pin you to the ground again, saying, stay out of this. Can I try and act under pressure to bring myself 
more out? You can, yeah, absolutely. Okay. That would be out under pressure roll plus cool. Oh, minus one. <laughs> That's all right. Nine. Nine. Hey. Uh, could I try to help? You sure can. Yeah. To make that a ten? Yeah, how would you like to help bring Jess? Because you can kind of see that Jess seems kind of out of it. Sure. But she's not reacting the way that you would expect one of the, the monster hunting friends that yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. how you would expect one of those people to react to a ghoul trying to attack them. I'm going to throw me axe. Yay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw me axe. That'll do it. In, and try and hit the ghoul. But it's not really a throwing axe, so no. part of it's going to hit him. It, it may it's, not be a It's damaging. a distraction exactly. as much as anything exactly. to try and get it off Jess so that she can concentrate. This is also minus one for health. <laughs> Well, no, that's, that's not going to do it. That's uh, three. Cam, out of another nearby bin, this mass of crumpled paper leaps out of the bin and unfolds into this crumpled shape of a rough shape of a person, one arm shorter than the other, limbs ending in these splayed fronds of thin strands of paper ready, ready to cut. It leaps at you as you're readying to throw your axe, mm-hmm. and entangles you in those uh, papery fronds at the end of its limbs around your wrist, around your thigh, and again, is trying to like lock you up, immobilise you, and bear you to the ground. I'm coming, Jess! <laughs> <laughs> Be there in a second! <laughs> You're in the way. But Jess, yes. uh, you still okay. can do this. There will just be a... Worse outcome, a tough choice, or a price to pay. Ooh. I thought a price to pay, Mm -hmm. because I think the way that Jess is going to do this is find the little voice Mm. that's kit inside her mind and get him to say her little mindfulness mantras (laughs) that are meant to be like, Mm -hmm. I'm an independent, strong woman. (laughs) (laughs) To bring herself back to the forefront. Kit, with me, please. Come on. I celebrate my extended self. extended self. Um... My power of My intention power of intention lies within. Lies within. This is bullshit. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I am bliss. I, oh. Come on, Do I fucking have to. I am bliss. I am bliss. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think also as part of this, as you have this conversation with Kit in your head, physically you are able to kind of begin struggling and. What you still don't know, what uh, what these two can see is the paper ghoul behind you takes one hand off the side of your head, wraps it around your neck, and there is a, a couple of small paper cuts open up on your throat, beginning to redden the paper of its form, just for one harm. Okay. Now that it's hurt you, it doesn't feel like Kit anymore. Okay. You can feel around your neck that these fingers feel like paper. You can feel the paper cuts. You can actually see when you sort of get out of your mind's eye and into your real vision. You can see tendrils of smoke and shadow closing around your vision. The illusion that allowed it to masquerade as Kit is broken now that it's harmed you. And you do come more back to yourself. Kit's voice comes more strongly through into your mind and flickering into view in the shadow of one of the trees. Still in that more dishevelled form, Mm -hmm. uh, you see Kit flickering into view as if, like, you're tuning a staticky TV. Okay. Can I read a bad situation? Yeah. Which is... 
plus one sharp. That is 12. With a 10, you get three questions off read a bad situation. This might be a complete swing and a miss. Do I recognise the paperiness of this? Oh, it's familiar. Oh, okay. So as Jess's eyes start to open, she sees these papery hands and gets instant flashbacks to being in a corridor, in an abandoned train station, and she knows exactly what she needs to do. What's the biggest threat? The one that's got you is the biggest threat. Right, okay. there, is a, there is a pack of these things around, but the one that's got you is A, in a position to seriously hurt you because you are unarmoured and it has a good hold on your throat. Mm-hmm. And Cameron and Graham are much less vulnerable to these things in general. Like the, what they, You think that they will be able to deal with the ones that are trying to pin them in pretty short yeah. order. You're the one that's in danger. The ghoul that's holding you is the thing that can hurt you. Okay. And finally, what's my best way out? I mean, very simply, kill this ghoul. Okay, yeah, you're cool. <laughs> um, but also, paper tears. Yeah. You could probably just straight up tear this okay. thing's arm off. Okay. So as Jess is coming out and she can see what this is, she knows exactly what she needs to do. And from a very dry mouth... Worst dry mouth you've ever experienced in your life. She croaks out, burn it, burn it. And she's trying to get a knife out of her belt at the same time. Graham's probably going to have to do something, otherwise he's just going to have a ghoul sat on top of him, which he doesn't really like. So so you were taken by surprise enough, yeah. enough that it could trip yeah, you up. absolutely. These things are pretty insubstantial. They don't really mm. have any weight to them. You could probably just like get up and walk with it on you. <laughs> Okay. If you needed cool. to. Cool. So what Graham's going to do, because he's, the glamour is just going to rotate <laughs> under the ghoul. <laughs> and Graham's going to look at the ghoul and go, oh, what, what did you do that for? That wasn't, that wasn't very pleasant, was it? And he's just going to withdraw the, the tie clip, at which point the tie clip transforms into a gigantic hell sword that goes straight <laughs> through the ghoul. <laughs> A delivery to make and you're in <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what was that? <laughs> Roll plus tough to yeah. kick some ass. Yeah. Well that'll do it, won't it? Six. Eight on the dice, so yeah. Whatever plus my is. tough, which is uh two, I think. Yeah, that's will, a full ten. You're gonna deal your harm, it's gonna deal its harm mm-hmm. with its uh, paper cutting tendrils. Yes. Uh, and on a ten plus you also get an extra option from kick some ass. I'm going to force them wherever I want them to go. <laughs> its paper cutting claws do two harm. Which do not affect me, as I am... Uh, I have two armour at all times. Shall I feel that? <laughs> um, it's just like flailing at what would be the vulnerable, mm-hmm. thin-skinned, fleshy parts on the glamoured human that it mm-hmm. can see, like at your throat, at your eyes. Yeah. But there is just no vulnerable stuff there for it. It's just to... coming away with, like, this little sharp papery tendrils are getting sort of like ickery wet. and wet <laughs> and they're just kind of like flapping at me. The hell sword does four damage and has gone straight through the papery ghoul but with the extra one what I'm going to do is I'm basically just going to use my sword and fling it towards the other ghoul. So nice. um, you get a, b- a body of a ghoul getting flung towards the ghoul that's currently on Jess. Amazing. Yeah, like I say, these things don't have a lot of weight to them, but it, weirdly, this one's actually got a bit more bulk to it now that it's absorbed some ichor. 
Oh, no. It's like a damp tissue. I just, I just spitballed the uh, the other one. You fully, you've spitballed Jess's attack. Love it. Love it. Said burn it. <laughs> this is the opposite of that. So yeah, Jess, you you say burn it, and immediately a damp paper being. <laughs> Slaps wetly into the ghoul that's trying to hold you, and both of them hit the grass. You're free. <coughs> Thank you. You're very much welcome. Matt, does the ghoul that was on Jess, does mm-hmm. it seem different to the other ghouls? No, they all seem pretty much the same to your expert ghoul hunting eye. Right. Well, it's time to go to work, boys and girls. <laughs> um, I'd like to... Rip the thing off me. If it's just made out of paper, I'll just ignore that shit. So I sort of rip its arms off. Do what you need to do. I turn around and just backswing it and kill it. (laughs) Because it's weak. Should I roll for tough? I just levelled up and I got a new skill! Oh, okay, do it. (laughs) I get plus one to kick some ass and I use my big axe. Amazing. So now I've got plus one, two, three, four, five! (laughs) To kill ghouls with, which is handy because I rolled a six. (laughs) Uh, So that's an eleven. Uh, so what extra option would you like from Kick Some Ass? I'm going to put it where I want it. Uh, I'm going to make a little bundle. <laughs> Seeing Graham's idea, I thought, mm, that's a good idea. <laughs> and so then I, I fling it. So, like, slice through, yep. and that destroys the smoke and the shadow that is that is sort of inflating the paper. And then you can just crumple the paper up. Yep. And as I'm going, I crumple it up, and I just throw it on top of the pile as I charge towards the now growing bundle of ghouls. I'm, I'm still sauntering. <laughs> I'm perfectly happy with the situation and it, it looks fairly under Not control. Not in a hurry. Not in a hurry. Well, Cameron looks like the guy who's going to go chop some wood. <laughs> he saunters over and he just smacks, 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 And big puffs of smoke flash up and then more around us, Matt. That's the pack. You got them. Okay. You got them all. <sighs> well, that's a good day's work. Uh, you right, Jess? <coughs> I'll slap what it back a little bit. The actual fuck was that? See, they're ghouls, and they uh, they're pretty fucking shit. I thought ghouls were like I don't know, smoky and in hoodies. <coughs> that was sharp. Yeah, they are sharp as well, though. Uh, they like to scratch with. I had knives last time I fought them. Now it's paper seems a downgrade <laughs> from a knife, but you know, a paper cut is one of the most painful cuts you can get. That is very true. I've, I've been told. I've been not too close. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Squid would just take a step. Certainly. Thanks. I'll, I'll just stand here. With that slight dissonance in mind, either Jess or Cameron, if you want to roll, investigate a mystery. You you have kind of triggered that move. If you'd like to roll it. Ooh. So this is a plus Go on, I, I rolled last time. Okay. So you can roll this time. <laughs> I should have rolled. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't like the new dice. Um, plus sharp. Still a four. Still a four. Can I spend some luck? You Ooh. certainly can. Because I want to know what's going yeah, on. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Uh, Reminds of what, what happens when the spooky spends luck. Um, my dark powers get stronger. Your, your, dark, your dark desires. Yes. Uh, the rage, poor impulse control and dark bargain. <laughs> it's going to be fine. And I thought I was the problem. And it's all just, I want to know a bit more. (laughs) With that luck point spent, you have a 10 plus on an investigative mystery, which I believe means you can ask two questions. Yes. Coming off the back of the fact that Cameron is saying these are ghouls. And I'm... Jess definitely has the sense that she's encountered these before in the depot, being known as busybodies. 
I'm my pink, think my finger is pointing yeah. at mm-hmm. what sort of creature is it? Just based on this conversation and and based on your uh, reaction to this thing, what you've observed from this thing, kind of working the two of you together, sort of sharing your recollections and your your knowledge, you think these things are both? Mm. Which has implications. Milton and Clarissa, mm. the other human spiritual companion pairing that Jess met in the depot, they create busybodies. Yeah. It's Milton's power, Kit's counterpart Milton, that is able to create busybodies. Ghouls are a different thing, but these combine elements of both, which suggests some collaboration behind the scenes. Oh. What was it going to do? They were whispering things in all of your ears, so... Mm. They were saying they had a job to do and that Mm. Graham and Cam were in their way. Mm -hmm. And one of them said they were trying to make a delivery. Okay. They were here to get Jess. Oh. This was an attempted kidnapping. Okay. Hmm. Jess, who who might want to get you got? Well, I, I don't have many friends, but I wouldn't say I've got a lot of outright enemies. The only... I was going to say, does does Casper the Unfriendly Ghost have anything to say about this? Mate, what if it wasn't you they wanted? Oh. They came, I could smell it, they came from him. Kit's made a very good point. There's a chance that it's not me they're after, but it might be his old mate, Milton, looking for him. Right. In which case we're a bit buggered. Where's Milton? Kit, do you have any idea where Milton is now? Still hard to tell. It, you know, I could never tell where he was before we went there. But I haven't felt him appear, pop up anywhere else. I think he's probably still in that depot. I really don't want to go back there. It was so creepy. Me neither, mate. Okay, well, Kit thinks that this guy Milton, who might be trying to get hold of him... It's probably still back in the depot between stations on the ghost train. Since this this discussion Mm -hmm. is happening, I'll give you this for free as well, Cam. Mm -hmm. The thing that that ghoul did to Jess is not a normal ghoul thing. The approach where it disguised itself as something else and was playing on her fears doesn't feel like a normal ghoul thing, but it does feel like a ghoul that you're familiar with. Daddy ghoul. <laughs> daddy, 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 daddy ghoul. ghoul. <laughs> yes. Okay. I've, I've got a question for you, mm-hmm. Matt. Can Graham see Kit? We've never had them in the same scene before, so I think this is a point where we can establish that. Mm. Um, Graham's demon. Mm-hmm. Um, demons have different sight to yeah. humans. Would he be able to see a ghost? I don't know. Do I have to roll for it? No, I quite like the idea of you having like different spectrums that you yeah. can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of where I was. I'm perfectly happy for you, Alex and Ellen, to decide mm-hmm. between yourselves whatever feels right. Kit is able to make themselves visible mm-hmm. to anybody. They just okay. usually choose not right. to. Mm-hmm. Right. Whether Graham can see Kit when they're intentionally being invisible is... I'm happy for the two of you to decide. What do you reckon? I think so. I don't think you necessarily see exactly what mm-hmm. I see. But mm. I think that you see something. Mm-hmm. 
like maybe like a, an outline an or an aura or something. You can see where he is and mm. kind of roughly what he's doing, mm-hmm. but not necessarily like detailed facial yeah. expressions or... Okay. Is that I, cool? I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very happy with that. Nice, good. Cool. Amazing. How many people are screaming around this map? That's a good question. Cameron in particular is getting some very wary looks and there's, there, like some people had their phones out. I wave. <laughs> oh, God. I think maybe Jess is a little bit conscious that we're close to her family pub mm-hmm. and she wants to shift elsewhere if possible. Right. Shall we go to uh, Percy's old tower? I've got the keys these days. Oh, yeah. Lovely. Yeah, shall we go there? All right, lovies. It's me, Matt, your compare. I hope you enjoyed the first act of this new main house production. There will now be an interval of two weeks before Act 2, but we won't leave you in the lurch next week. We'll be inviting you backstage to listen in on our conversation about how these characters are tied together in their backstories. Stay tuned now for the credits and the epilogue at the end of the episode, but first let's take a very quick look at the programme for this production. You'll notice that this episode has a couple of additional credits – Natalie Winter and Josh Yard contributed some additional voice work for this episode. Wonder if you spotted it. In other Main House productions, in other Vigil stories, Natalie plays Gwyneth the Divine and Josh plays Ginny Greenteeth the Spellslinger. Also in the programme, an ad placed by our friends at the Thorn Files podcast. They are, what are the odds... Another podcast playing Monster of the Week with a British setting. But we're not treading on each other's toes, because while Vigil is set in the modern day, The Thorn Files is set all the way back in 1952. What does Monster of the Week in 50s Britain sound like? How is it different to Monster of the Week in modern Middle England? Here's a trailer to give you an idea. Hello, this is Annabelle Thorn, current head of Thorn Investigations, paranormal investigations company set up in Edinburgh. I'm here to tell you today that monsters are real, and have been real for centuries, only they've been hiding. We don't understand why they're coming into the light now, but if you see anything, if you hear anything that makes you think you're in contact with one, tell us. We can help. I have a few agents in the field just now, Evangeline Lane Fox, Peter Anderson, Vera Bright, and for better or worse, my niece, Tabitha. Don't hesitate to tell us. If you do, you might not get another chance. The Thorn Files podcast is a Monster of the Week actual play podcast with new episodes coming out every other Friday. If you're a fan of horror, mysteries, and shenanigans, why don't you come and give us a listen at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and pretty much everywhere else you can get podcasts. Be ready to be scared. Jess Butterworth, 
Alexander Pankhurst as Graham. I'm Matt Bootman and I play the supporting cast. Editing and sound design by me and the theme music is by Alexander Pankhurst. We were playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat Productions. You can find Monster of the Week at genericgames.co.nz. Merely Role Players is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on. At five minutes to midnight, a man arrives on Sheridan Green. He doesn't emerge from the duck and parsnip, rattle up on a bike, or walk out of the forest. He simply arrives. The man sits down on a bench by the duck pond to wait. He slouches. It doesn't look like there's much of him under the baggy old clothes but he spreads and manages to take up most of the bench. He cranes his head back and watches the full moon roll across the night sky. At five minutes past midnight, the man takes out a tarnished pocket watch. He looks up at the moon and down at the watch's six hands, none of which are moving, and he sighs. It's a resigned sort of sigh. But underneath the sigh is the hint of a wicked smile.